it's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Welcome to the IHSA Safety Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Rayner. On today's episode, we're going to discuss working outside in the Canadian winter with IHSA's occupational hygienist, Jasmine Kelsey, a regular guest on the IHSA Safety Podcast. Welcome back, Jasmine. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Jasmine, I've experienced 50 winters in Canada, and I can say without question that the winter months and sometimes parts of the spring and the fall can bring temperatures cold enough that the temperature is a hazard onto itself. And on episode 60 of the IHSA podcast, you joined us to discuss heat stress, understanding the risks, symptoms, and controls. So today we're going to go to the other end of the temperature spectrum. So let's start with what is cold stress, Jasmine? Yeah, for sure. So cold str- uh, cold temperatures actually are often a part of Canadian winters. And this is something that we typically see for, uh, and it applies to us uh, on the East Coast. So we can see temperatures dip below zero degrees Celsius and typically reach into the negatives, uh, negative 10s, 20s, and even 30s. So for those who are working outdoors, um, especially um, uh, carrying work out in the cold in wet as well as windy conditions, this is where you can see workers potentially face cold-related illnesses. So in a nutshell, cold stress is a response of the human body, um, where you would typically see your body's core temperature dip below um, the core temperature of 37 degrees Celsius. This is what our baseline core temperature should be. So this is the opposite of what you would typically see, for example, heat stress. So cold stress can occur when the body is unable to warm its to maintain this core temperature of 37 degrees. And this can uh, result in cold-related illnesses. Um, You can even get tissue damage and to an extent, in extreme cases, even death. Okay. Uh, So something we absolutely have to pay attention to. And and, and Jasmine, like, are there different types of cold-related illnesses, kind of like we we talked about with heat stress? And if so, what do those symptoms look like? Yeah, so for cold stress, um, and these are fairly common ones you would probably hear about, there are two major cold-related illnesses which can occur. uh, And this would be hypothermia as well as frostbite. So I'll first go over hypothermia. So hypothermia occurs when the body no longer can maintain its core body temperature by constricting its blood vessels. So symptoms of hypothermia, it includes like persistent shivering and you would get the severe type of shivering occurring when the core body temperature hits around 35 degrees Celsius. Um, Other symptoms involved are like blue lips, you get the blue fingers, um, confused behaviors usually involved, poor coordination, and unfortunately even like reduced mental alertness. Uh, The other commonly known effect of uh, cold stress is frostbite. So frostbite is caused by exposure to severe cold or even like contact with extremely cold surfaces. So think metal objects. So when you think of frostbite, uh, think of parts of the body which can contact cold surfaces. So um, the first ones that would come into mind would be the extremities, right? So this would be like our fingers, our toes, um, our face, uh, even our ears. So signs and symptoms of frostbite, they include like a sharp prickling sensation. Uh, Usually the first indication of frostbite is when the area um, becomes numb and you start getting like, it feels kind of like waxy. So if you leave it unattended, it can potentially lead to permanent tissue damage as well. Wow. Okay. 
Um, so the industries that we support, Jasmine, as, we, as uh, our listeners know, we've talked about this a lot of times, you know, construction, transportation, and the electrical utilities. Are there any at-risk tasks in those industries that we support where workers could experience cold stress? Yeah, um, so pretty much anywhere where work is being done in cold temperatures, um, this is where you get the at-risk uh, for exposure. So exposures can occur when workers are working on, for example, on rooftops or in unheated cabs during cold temperatures. Any work that's being done on bridges or even where projects are near large bodies of waters, uh, there is that risk factor of being exposed to cold. Um, other areas where exposures can occur include any tasks um, that are being done in um, high buildings, which are open to the wind, uh, working in even refrigerated rooms, any vessels and containers, as well as working on utility poles when, again, the temperatures are far into the negatives. So we've got, so we've definitely determined that um, working outside and the cold temperatures can be a hazard um, for employers in in Canada, in Ontario. Um, so what are some of the tools for those employers for them to assess cold stress in, in terms of understanding what are the risks? Yeah, so I just first want to note that Ontario does not have legislated exposure limits for working in cold environments. However, uh, under the Occupational Health and Safety Act, employers must take every precaution reasonable uh, in circumstances to protect workers. Um, this includes protecting workers from working uh, from outdoor hazards. So um, protecting workers from cold stress would fall under this description as well. So, so in terms of tools itself, there are a few tools that are available to the employers, um, which can be used to determine the risk of cold stress in the workplace. Um, one of them is the is by WorkSafe Saskatchewan. So WorkSafe Saskatchewan developed a table outlining a work warm-up schedule. So this table pretty much outlines the number of breaks which are recommended factoring in air temperature as well as wind speed. So the table also highlights when non-emergency work should be stopped. Again, this is all dependent on what the wind speed is as well as air temperature. Um, another tool which may be of interest uh, to our listeners is a, it's a calculator by the Occupational Health Clinics for Ontario Workers, and they're known in short as OCAO. So this is a cold stress calculator, and it's a simple means of determining what precautions should be taken to protect workers. So you pretty much, um, it's an Excel sheet, you input the temperature as well as the wind speed, and it calculates the wind chill. So the convenient thing about this tool is that whatever the result is, depending on whatever you input in, uh, it lists the corresponding health concerns as well as recommendations on what precautions can be taken in that scenario. Fantastic. So another great tool from our sister association, OCAO. And no big surprise, Jasmine, that WorkSafe Saskatchewan has come up with a, uh, a cold stress, a, a, a tool to be able to assess that. I mean, knowing that when we sometimes see the temperatures across uh, Canada in the wintertime, Saskatchewan sometimes has the coldest. So uh, appreciate that it's a, it's an even sometimes bigger hazard in Saskatchewan than it is for us in Ontario. So, um, and you like, mentioned wind chill. How does, how does wind chill play a role in assessing 
assessing how cold it really is, Jasmine? Yeah. So uh, let's first define what wind chill is. So it's pretty much the combined effect of air temperature as well as air movement. So in other words, like what is wind speed? So there is a calculation. Uh, I will not explain it now, uh, but you can see the calculation in one of our resources online, as well as if you just even search it up. But wind chill describes the effect of air temperature and wind speed on our on human skin, on exposed skin. So for example, if the temperature is minus 12 degrees Celsius and the wind speed is 48 uh, kilometers per hour, this is the equivalent of uh, having facing minus 45 degrees Celsius with no wind. Yeah. So the American Conference of Governmental Industrial Hygienists, which is also in short known as ACGIH, they had developed a wind chill temperature index, which indicates the risk of frostbite for exposed facial skin, uh, again, accounting for wind speed as well as air temperature. Jasmine, like what about, now we've talked about assessing, what about some of the controls that employers can put into place to protect their workers from experiencing cold stress? Yeah, so there are a few controls workplaces can consider implementing uh, to protect workers from like a cold stress event. And I'll just go over some uh, examples. So one of them can be, again, educating workers of the signs and symptoms of the types of cold stress related illnesses. So in the end, workers should be trained on how, what to do if they're experiencing or even realize if their coworker is experiencing a cold stress event. Uh, it's a good idea to ensure workers are medically fit to work in excessive cold, especially those that are subject to risk factors. So this includes anybody with heart disease, uh, asthma, diabetes, and even like white finger disease. Um, it's important to get those checks in um, before uh, working in like extreme cold temperatures. Uh, another control, um, and we see this with uh, heat stress uh, as well, would be introducing work rest schedules, um, providing hot drinks, and as well as regular breaks. Um, wherever these breaks are taken, making sure these are these shelters, these trailers, whatever they may be, are heated. These break rooms also are heated. Um, clothing also is another type of control, and this falls under the PPE aspect. Uh, just things to keep in mind um, is ensure that you're dressing in layers, uh, you're wearing synthetic fabrics, um, wearing waterproof clothing and wind resistant clothing can also aid in um, preventing a cold stress event, as well as considering even wearing gloves or insulating gloves, especially when you don't need like fine manual dexterity is not really a big requirement, then you can get away with wearing gloves as well. Um, one of the other aspects is uh, for employers is to create a cold stress prevention program. So this is pretty much a formal program which outlines pretty much all the steps the employer should be taking to address a cold stress event. So what type of training is provided to workers, um, how cold stress will be monitored, what are preventative measures, uh, first aid, and what does like incident investigation look like? When any, again, everything around cold stress, this is what this program would outline. Terrific. Um, and what about the additional resources, Jasmine, that um, employers and workers can can look for on IHSA's website on cold stress? Yeah, so we do have some resources on cold stress. Um, they are highlighted under the winter hazards topic page on IHSA.ca. Uh, some examples of our resources include a safety talk on cold stress. We also do have a comprehensive standalone chapter in the construction health and safety manual that is free to download on our website that's on cold stress as well. 
However, if there are any specific questions to cold stress, uh, you're always more than welcome to reach out to me directly at jkulsey at ihsa.ca. Perfect. And that uh, email address again, jkalsi at ihsa.ca. That's fantastic. And I highly encourage our listeners to reach out to Jasmine. She's an amazing resource. So Jasmine, thanks again for sharing such uh, important information with our listeners and our membership. This is terrific. Um, And thank you to the listeners for, for listening to the IHSA Safety Podcast and our episode on working outside in the Canadian winter. Be sure to subscribe and like us on your podcast channel and visit us at ihsa.ca for a wealth of health and safety resources and information. The IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening. Start each workday by reinforcing awareness and control of hazards in your workplace with a five-minute safety talk. IHSA's Free Safety Talks Manual covers over 150 topics, such as personal protective equipment and traffic control, with more topics added all the time. Visit IHSA.ca to download your free IHSA Safety Talks Manual today.